Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour Podcast. Yes, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 207. Thank you for joining us tonight. Quick plug, uh, we mentioned it last week. We were recently on Reliving Retro talking about Shadowrun on the Genesis and Super NES. The video is out now. Link will be below. Please make sure to check it out. They're a great group of guys. You can hear Brian and I argue for a good hour, so... And by argue, you mean Jim lost again. But yeah, 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 yeah. details. <laughs> but yes, speaking of joining us tonight, so we have from the Western Kabuki podcast, we have Wack Nicholson. Wack, how you doing, man? Jimothy and Brian Anthony, I couldn't be more <laughs> glad to be here. I, I so much appreciate the invitation. How are you guys? How's everybody doing? Doing great. It's Monday. We got some beer. You know, eh, what are you going to do? How you been, bud? Good, man. I'm all right. Uh, we are. We recently l- launched the Discord uh, for for our podcast, and I have uh, been dipping in there for <laughs> some of the most insane people I, I <laughs> who I don't normally interact with on Twitter uh, that have all found each other and and invented their own memes within an hour of a uh, matter of minutes. Uh, were able to invent their own new memes and their own. Uh, deep lore and so i've been exploring that a lot most recently <laughs> that yeah. is a dangerous rabbit hole you're going down <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i said for years i was like i'm not starting a discord for the page i'm not putting up with it it always ends terribly and then eventually enough people are like start a discord start a discord and we finally did so far it's all right only one or two little troublemakers but besides <laughs> that it's always that thing in the back of my head like what am i going to wake up to this day <laughs> it's a fascinating i mean the app in general um jim is notoriously the guy who handles social media, internet stuff, like he always has to school me on anything new on Twitter. I'm like, Jim, what does this mean? What is this? And then Discord happens, and I fell a little bit more into that just because it is folks that like I tend to know. But man, yeah, I've heard some horror stories. So I hope for your sake uh, it goes a little smoother for you all. Uh, if it doesn't go smoothly, uh, it's so easy for me to not use that app that I could nuke that whole server right now <laughs> and, and literally nothing about my life would change. Um, so yeah, uh, they better behave themselves. They've been warned. <laughs> and actually, Brian, you speak about learning things about the internet and a good place to do that is on the Western Kabuki podcast. Mm-hmm. So Wack, why don't you give a little description of it and plug away? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like starting with plugs. I think that's a power move. Welcome, welcome to uh, my world in which you <laughs> buy things from me. Um, we are an internet culture media podcast. Uh, we are very similar to another podcast um, where that has three other people who discuss media culture and podcasts from a leftist perspective. Uh, who also has a difficult to pronounce name, um, but. We uh, are definitely not ripping them off. Uh, we <laughs> talk about like news and stuff this week. Uh, this today we are releasing um, our worst tweets of quarter one of 2023. Uh, we went through like 16 tweets of like the most insane people from the first three months of 2023, and we uh, ranked them and put them up against each other on a bracket, and then we decided the most insane person of 2023. And guess what? It was not the medical clitoris lady it was somebody else who got the number one spot um you, you're looking very i see that look are, on brian's face he's got that what's he talking yeah. about face <laughs> no, well it's uh, like i'm trying to do it from the since my viewpoint of twitter is so like miles high i'm like what would i think is the worst one 
and I oh if okay it's on my did, so radar. but you did hear about the medical clitoris lady the, the yes cadaver. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah but um, yeah i thought she was a shit <laughs> i didn't even i couldn't even imagine her losing but then you just kept going down the rabbit hole and i was like oh my god what a year already <laughs> yeah, it's been really crazy, and we didn't even do any Bud Light transphobia tweets, so we really only scratched the surface, and um, so we're looking forward to that. Also, on our Patreon, we just did like a three-hour episode about the horrendously toxic culture of um, family vlogs and family TikTok. Oh no, accounts. Um, those are those are some some really really dark uh, situations with some really dangerous people who should not have children. Uh, <laughs> so we did that and we talked with uh, Jay Aubrey, who's made a bunch of uh, videos on YouTube about those kinds of people. Uh, we talked about the Duggars, we talked about the Ace family, we talked about the other families who have had problems. Uh, is but that, yeah, most is that of Daddy of Five are, or whatever in there? Okay, yeah, that was the first one Caleb talked about. And then I talked about another one. I Oh, the Prince family. They were really fucked up, too. Uh, yeah, Daddy of Five was, like, the first one that we talked about. Um, and then I fell on the sword of talking about the non-white ones because I didn't want to put any of my co-hosts in an awkward position being <laughs> the, 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 the token mixed-raced man of the, of the production. You're like, all right, I now, guess I'll do that. Now, wait, speaking of your production, so how did you all meet each other? I mean, were, were you friends for a long time before? And oh, like, yeah. How, does this how did out? it how did it start and why is yeah. our uh, a podcast art a picture of Nicolas Cage? It's because <laughs> um, I about this time last year, actually, I posted on Twitter. Is there anybody doing a podcast where they listen to or they watch every single Nicolas Cage movie and review them all? And somebody sent me one and I thought it was okay. We talked about it on the show, like on our first episode, like I didn't really hate any of them, but they weren't really like Twitter people. They weren't really for the audience of like people I know online. Uh, so I posted it to Twitter. I asked, uh, Caleb reached out to me pretty much like that day and was like, I've been looking for a new podcasting project. I just had sort of a, a ending of like a music project I was doing. And, um, yeah. And then I was teaching, I teach, like I teach high school full time. And so I was really busy. Uh, so that was in, uh, that was around early April, mid April last year. And we just started recording a bunch of them. Um, and just sort of asking the biggest guests we could find to come watch Nicolas Cage movies with us. And <laughs> so for right now, those episodes are free, but in this past, uh, November, uh, Juniper, who was actually our first guest on the show, um, she reached out and she said that um, she would want to do like a side project from Western Kabuki. And we were still releasing episodes. It's like November. We're releasing episodes that we had recorded in July. We're talking about like the queen dying before right before the Chris, the episode that came out at Christmas. So it was like mm. this whole thing of like. It was just not really, it was not a project that Caleb or I were taking seriously. But when Juniper wanted to do it, we sort of like reskinned the whole thing and we decided to do more of a, a, a Chapo clone, as it were, and try to uh, do the, do, do, do something a bit more uh, relevant in general. And also, uh, we were consciously talking about like Reply All just ended and they've done a lot of this like internet stuff. And then Alex reached out and he said he wanted to be our producer, uh, Alex from Reply All. So uh, that's sort of how we, we became a merry little family. And uh, since then, it's gone 
It's been a lot of fun. And Juniper came out and visited, and Alex uh, visited my home one evening as well. Uh, so it's been really nice to like work with people who want to be really creative. Caleb has some really fucking out there ideas about doing like um, <laughs> he wants to watch old presidential debates and do like live reacts to those mm. uh juniper wants to watch the show i love the 70s do you guys remember those shows from, oh like, all the vh definitely like, yeah all the vh yeah, ones yeah. yeah so yeah and i do i play like a lot of like retro video games and stuff so i mean i have like a crazy game room with like 12 different systems in it and stuff and i've never streamed with any of that stuff so we all kind of have like things we want to do um so it's uh it's really exciting and, and we're gonna be doing a lot of hopefully pretty weird and funky stuff um including a a months-long project caleb is undertaking to research chris chan oh god oh i know o- only a month <laughs> i know He's not going to sit through all months. 80 hours of that documentary or whatever it's <laughs> No, <to> he's <laughs> he's already done that, and he's found some gaps uh, that he would like to fill in. <laughs> There's oh. actual gaps? There are. Oh, my uh, God. That <laughs> was actually funny. When you had uh, that episode where Juniper came out, it was funny listening to talk about, like, yeah, everyone in Philly is way nicer than I was expecting. And I had heard that from another friend who, like, flew in from Reno. And I was like... Uh, I, I love that that is the reputation. I think that... I think that I think that the willingness to talk to strangers in Philly is something that people elsewhere don't really see as much. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like people just will like speak to you. And I guess that could be perceived as friendliness, although I I don't always perceive it that way. (laughs) Yeah. uh, See, if you're from Philly, someone you don't know talks to you, you're like, what do they want? Get away from me. (laughs) But yeah, you'll definitely, we'll talk to anyone. It's, I've heard that as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, I said to Jim, as a kid, like the very rare times I wasn't just going to Wildwood on vacations. If I went anywhere else, I'm like, why is everyone like smiling at me? Like, what do they want? Like, I, I <laughs> there was such a like, a, I'm like, oh no, I'm the asshole because I'm from Philly and you don't do that <laughs> when you walk down the street. So, yeah. Now, wait, I got to ask. So, with the initial drive of the project, what is your favorite Nick Cage film? Uh, well, my, my, definitely my favorite Nick Cage film is probably, uh, um uh it's probably mandy um okay but nice i i like i i really liked uh wicker man a lot and i had a lot of feelings about wicker man that it was maybe being misrepresented and misfairly treated uh as being like uh, having this reputation of being like this awful movie and i watched it and i'm like this is an absurdist comedy and then i like <laughs> found people on youtube that were like yeah, I don't know why people thought this was going to be scary, but like the whole time <laughs> I watched it, and then I watched the original. I, I saw the Nick Cage version first, and then I watched the original, and I was like, the original's also silly and strange and like over the top, and and I I I don't know. I really like Wicker Man a lot, um, which we never got to. We actually didn't do either of those movies. Um, we've talked about going back and doing other ones or whatever. Uh, we still we have like we did a three hour episode on Moonstruck with Kyle Plant emoji, who we mm-hmm. just never like we haven't <laughs> released it. Sorry, Kyle. I've said it several <laughs> times on other podcasts on my own podcast. Sorry, Kyle. It will be available at some point. I know your mom wants to hear it. Um, the the but like the of the ones we watched, I definitely liked Pig a lot. I thought that was mm-hmm. a really awesome movie. Um, and that was my first time seeing it was on the recording. Nice, yeah. Two weeks ago, I actually just saw Renfield with him in it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went to see that as well. Um, I, I, 
I have a lot of respect for him because like that was our uh, uh, initial discussion was that we didn't really want to like go in making fun of it. We wanted to find like he's been doing this a long time and, and, and a lot of people have a lot of respect for him and, and we wanted to sort of find out why and we kind of figured it out pretty quickly uh, and it's it's uh, a series of phrases he's used himself uh, such as German impressionism and 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 uh, at Western Kabuki that he tries to do this sort of heightened version of reality um, mm-hmm. that he wants to display and and that was the thing I always liked when I realized that Nick Cage is in on the joke about himself that's kind of like a really fascinating way to conduct one's artistic career uh, so we were really sort of taken by that and and, and we have uh, I mean I've talked about it to death on the early episodes but like. I would like to go back and do it. He's a really fascinating sort of character, especially when you watch those like straight to DVD movies he did in the mid two thousands. They're very strange. And like mm. he is fucking, he's putting his whole actus on the pavement with that one. Uh, and I, 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 I'm, I'm excited to uh, uh, go back to his work. Oh, yeah. You can say a lot of things about him, but you can never say he phones it in. He gives it all to no, no matter what budget movie gets thrown in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like that unabashedly, like, if he's going to be goofy, he's not going to half-ass it. If he's going to, like, a, a perfect example is Willie's Wonderland, a movie that's yes. like, it's so goofy, and he's silent the entire movie. But he yeah. hams it up the right amount, but you can tell he's taking it serious. Like, I love that. Like, I enjoy that movie way more than I probably should. And it's just because he's just goofy enough, but... You know, he is trying to take it serious. And, yeah, you mentioned um, your favorite being Mandy. Like, that is was such a came out of nowhere. I saw it on Shudder. Yep. I was like, what the yep. hell? And then, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm loving his, like, late resurgence. I didn't see that one, the um, – uh, what's the – it's a long space. title. No, the, that, that one where everyone memes oh, with that. Yeah, unbearable way to massive talent. Yeah, I didn't see that yet, but I definitely want to because that is like him making fun of himself. So yeah that that was um, that was our first episode. That's the one we did with Juniper. Okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, did it did it deliver on what you expected or wanted it to? Uh, I liked it as a first movie for the project because it was the his most recent movie, and it was one that sort of encapsulated his. Uh, it, it encapsulated his sort of uh, career. Um, I liked the movie. I, I thought it was not as fun as it could have been, but I think it's still a, a... It's very clearly a very expensive movie, so I don't think they mm. wanted to do too much like schlocky nonsense in it. But, you know, I, I kind of felt like it suffered for that, but it's still a pretty fun movie. Nice. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and as Jim said, we do have all the links below. Please make sure... Give some love to Western Kabuki. Give some love to our patron Patreon, and uh, follow them on Twitter. And all the links are below, so please make sure you do. But the real question, whack tonight: Are Jim and I the only degenerates drinking on a Monday night, or are you drinking with us? Um, I have a I have a delightful strawberry seltzer here, but um, I am not drinking tonight because I uh, discovered last night um, the Voodoo Ranger Juice Force <laughs> Fruit Punch IPA. Dude, um, those sneak up on you. <laughs> it's, 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 I had like three sips. I was like, 
this is frightening. This is not. Uh, and I had I had I had three tall boys of those last night, and then I had to work today, so I was gonna sit it out on Monday. I'm sorry, friends. No, um, I completely but I will, understand. I, <laughs> yeah. We, um, I will. I will say that the uh, the fr- the fruit punch IPA tastes a lot more like fruit punch than booze, and it is ten mm-hmm. percent alcohol. And it is, yeah, th- those it is type a, of uh, they go down high. too smooth, and then they kick yeah. you in the dick. It, it comes out yeah. of nowhere, and you're just like, "What the hell?" So we fully, fully understand. Trust us. Yeah. We've been. <laughs> I did an nights. extremely sloppy stream a couple about a month ago, and I was drinking those the entire mm. time. I think I killed like <laughs> oh those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you could just hear the decline during the course of it. Oh, Jim, that was yeah, that was pretty magical. <laughs> but Jambers, what? How about you? What do you have tonight? Hi, right, Bry. I'm drinking from the Axe and Arrow Brewing Company. Their Waffle Cones Cream Ale. So it's brewed with vanilla and brown sugar. And I'm trying to find an ABV over here. But there we go. Very detailed uh, waffle cone. What's it called? Design. Axe and what? Uh, Axe and Arrow, out of Glassboro, New Jersey. Oh. Okay. Oh, six percent. So nice, and it's uh, it's actually a little bit more subtle than I was expecting, but you definitely get the vanilla coming through in it. But it's a light, easy drinker. That is for damn sure. And what's nice. it called again? Uh, Waffle cones by Axe and Arrow. Nice. Yeah, so I'm uh, we're only days away from starting our no IPA May, so I'm getting in my IPAs now before the month is over, and um. I'm going with the New Trail Brewing Company's Replenish IPA. So if you listen to the show, watch the show, you know I've talked about New Trail. They're like the hottest brewery the past two years as far as just if you go to a bottle shop or can shop anywhere in PA, you're going to see a lot of their cans. And this particular one is interesting because basically with every sale of a case of this, they're donating a dollar um, to get new trees planted. Um so it's interesting. Like I do like with their beers, they try to like do some give back and stuff. And it is a pretty solid IPA. It comes in at seven point five percent. So I similarly had two yesterday and in the middle of the afternoon, and it um it snuck up on me fast. I'll say that could be because I didn't eat too much, but uh, they are pretty solid. Fairly not really like it's not a hazy style, so it's not completely blurry. It's a little clear, but it is pretty good if you do like IPA. So I will give them that. Hell yeah! Now, Wack, you mentioned uh, you are a retro gamer. You enjoy that, so yes. What is, what have you been playing? What, what what's uh, on the docket when you're not checking out Nick Cage movies and, and running the show <laughs> and diving down Discord, bashing Sneeko, as you should. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I will bash Nico until one of us is dead. Um, oh, also, the- real quick, thank you for having an episode where you bashed Andy Reid as well. It's nice to hear like an internet-centric podcast that can still be like in the normie tier too, and actually talk about like sports and the Super Bowl and all that. Oh well, yeah. Game. And Juniper really needed a, a primer. She doesn't know fucking anything about sports at all, so I just <laughs> had to like run down the whole description of why Philadelphia, how Philadelphia feels about Andy Reid, why they feel that way. Guy needed um, Andy justice. um but uh recently i was talking to jim on twitter and and i was like i i haven't really taken a ton of time to play any of my old like retro systems but i have played uh, like replayed breath of the wild a lot recently and i i have the uh switch online with the n64 stuff so i've been trying that out and sort of uh 
sort of feeling how I like the different ports and everything. Um, I don't know if I can prove it, and I'm, I don't think I'm smart enough to, but I think the Super Mario 64 port is different than the one you can buy in the cartridge in the in the three-pack. I think they're different games, hmm. I really? think. Really? I think. I I might it might just be because it's an online gameplay thing, but it feels different. Um but the I would say that I was having a lot of issues with uh those 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 ports, especially especially the Zelda ones. Uh Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time were like the controls were bad, bad, bad. Like difficult to use. It felt like they ported the N sixty four like controller mapping onto a switch which the switch is like so much more sensitive and has more directions so it just didn't go at all uh they have fixed that thankfully and they have fixed a lot of the other like clipping glitches that i know a lot of people were complaining about with the uh with the with the switch zelda games i would say in general i've played both the mario parties on their golden eye uh i've played banjo kazooie uh, Super Mario 64, I would say they are all what I would consider to be acceptable. And I think if you're, like, going to uh, play a Switch port of an N64 game, uh, don't complain about input lag. It is just sort of part of what you're signing up for. Uh, but it's a pretty good... Uh, I think they're all pretty good. I, I am pretty happy with them. And I know we had talked about, like, you guys hadn't hadn't tried those out. So I... I I'm here to tell your audience that they're they're not bad, they're pretty good. You think it's worth the money or a splash any extra fifty bucks down? I think so, um, but I don't know. I mean, I also like doing the Genesis games, but I've only been playing Sonic Two on that, and I can't really speak to that because it's not really. It's been on so many systems that like, <laughs> what am I gonna say? Play Sonic Two if you have, if you've ever heard of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I think it's worth it. I think it's a uh, big value add. Yeah, it yeah, will so be that, interesting. I was gonna say, sorry, Jim, that um, I, like like with everything, any type of media, so many new generations, their exposure to the N sixty four catalog may be through this expansion on Switch. So it will be interesting. Like they'll get so used to the control and everything you're mentioning because you know you grew up like us, you played those games on original hardware. It would be interesting to see the inverse. If they try it first on the Switch and they go back and they're like, man, the N64 is messed up for this reason or this reason. Like, what the difference is coming from it from that angle? Because, you know, the, we're seeing that with everything. Movies, games. It's yeah. it's very, it's going to be interesting how they respond if they decide to go back and retroactively collect. I would really like to see that, especially kids who play, like, ports of playstation games like ps1 games oh god where it didn't have a joystick and then they Mm -hmm. go back and play the actual controller the old controller um yeah i i i do i do find that really interesting uh because i teach high school and like when i talk to the kids i I will ask them like what's your favorite movie and they'll be like the breakfast club and i'm like why what why do you know that movie how have you seen that movie (laughs) And they're like, it's on Netflix or whatever. <laughs> they just like, oh, yeah. they see the craziest stuff. But then I, I was teaching a history of film class and I was like, uh, I showed them a clip from Wizard of Oz just to talk about like movies in, in color. And they were like, what is that movie? And I was like, 
do you guys want to watch Wizard of Oz? And like none of them had seen it. They had wow. seen the great and powerful Oz, and a lot of them had listened to Wicked, but none of them had seen the original movie because it's original. never really been on. It's never really been on streaming. Yeah, so yeah, you just, catch it on. Uh, what is it TMC or like random yeah. channels? But yeah, you're not gonna. You're not seeing on like my. We actually bought it because my daughter loves that movie, so we bought it so she could watch it. But yeah, we had to buy it to stream it on our TV just so yeah. she could watch it. So yeah, yeah that, that is a great example. That's funny though. They would say the Breakfast Club. Yeah. Oh, I have a kid who <laughs> loves the Breakfast Club. I have another kid who loves the Beatles. She has like she only wears Beatles shirts. It's very funny to see a black 15 year old who's just like obsessed with obsessed like George with Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and then it, that goes back to like our generations growing up, like you really probably only liked what your friends liked. And then maybe in your teen or later years, you might've liked what your dad or your older siblings or your mom liked from their generation. But that's only because we didn't have the full access now. Like, yeah, if you have access to music, you have access to all of it. And same with movies and everything. So with games, it's going to be the same situation. If you're playing Switch Online and you have access to all of it, yeah, maybe kids all of a sudden their favorite game is Majora's Mask or GoldenEye again just because they have access to it. And we would think it's weird, but it's very possible. Yeah. Um, I will say for the GoldenEye one, I guess I should uh, be be fair to any uh, GoldenEye <laughs> fans. I didn't play it as a kid. I wasn't allowed to play violent video games as a child, so I never played it. And I find the controls completely alien and impossible to use. So I can't really uh, get down with that game, I'm sorry to say. They were awful back in the day, too. We just loved <laughs> it. I mean, it, it, it's one of those <laughs> games that age like bad cheese. Like It just it, it doesn't hold up at all. But if you grew up with it, you love it. That pause music, the multiplayer, outside of that, you don't need to play it, let's be <laughs> honest. <laughs> yeah, I found the I found the campaign inscrutable uh, through the controls and how to navigate everything. Now, what about you, Jambers? Uh, you poor bastard. By the way, I say it every week. You see, we talked about Discord at the beginning, and... There's a push now to have a new hashtag, which is beat it before Jim. Win for before Tetris, Jim, Brian. Win before and, Jim. And for Tetris 99, Jim. You got to just beat this game already. I, I, I just must be too stupid. I don't know what it is. I can't win this goddamn game. I'm like 30 hours in, and I've still never gotten first place. Oh, 30 just, hours. And it just kills me. It <laughs> kills me. I just want to be done. One time. One time, and I want to throw my Switch out after. Well, Jim, because of, you, because of you and Z, because that whatever the event is going on with like the Kirby background. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I'll I'll play it. And I played like maybe six or seven and I won and I sent it to you. Jim, you didn't congratulate me. Why didn't you congratulate me? You're right, Brian. You're goddamn right I didn't. Or my 13 KOs. You should have said that was pretty good, Jim. Yeah, this is a good show, Brian. It's good for you. That's good. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm at eight wins now. I'm almost at my 10. Before I can be done. Before you never play it again. <laughs> yeah, so now there's a new hashtag going around in the Discord and the Twitter, too, called Win Before Jim. So if you want to beat Tetris 99 before me and throw it in my face, have at it. Use the hashtag. I would have no way of doing that. I am fucking bad at Tetris. I just like to watch the, bla the blocks go on top of each other until they fill up the screen. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> 
that doesn't win you a lot of Tetris 99, Mm-mm. I gotta say. <laughs> I don't know. Brian used to say he was bad at Tetris, and he's beaten it eight times, and I haven't. So, Jeez. well, I don't but, know. He, but here's the thing I think I was, if, if I just played a Tetris like the infinite loop, I would kind of get bored of it. And then I eventually would just be like, okay, I'm just tired of playing it. But you know me, if I, if I'm competing, that like sets me off where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, now I just have to beat people and I'm better when I'm under pressure. So like all the times I've won, it's been like, I almost was at the top and then I just chained together a shit ton of KOs in a row. And then that's usually how I always end up winning. I I never win when I have a comfortable lead. So I don't know. It's one of those. I, I want you to win, Jim. I told you. I want you to stream it. I want you to just like dedicate. Tell your wife. Say, hey, I'm gonna take like five hours tonight, and I just want to see you just do a marathon playing until you win. Yeah, I'll have to do that <laughs> one day. But besides that, I started to get back into Body Harvest again because we owe that review. So mm-hmm. we're, we're getting through that. Nice. Yeah, what about I am. You, Brad? I'm one chapter away from beating the Resident Evil Four remake. So. Once again, excellent game, but the last act is it's rough. It's um it's not my favorite part of Resident Evil 4. I I think nobody would say it's their favorite part either. I just beat Krauser. I'm on the island going through and just trying to finish it off and it's just it's just like the brutal part of the game. But other than that, I still really enjoy the game. This is one I will go back and try to get some of the unlocks, but I think once this is done, I'll be going after uh, the, what is it, Bionic Commando we have to do? Yes. That, and um, I got that random-ass Resident Evil first-person shooter for PlayStation, the, uh, was it Survivor? Survivor, yeah. Yeah, I, I had that from uh, years ago when we went to too many games. So I was like, you know what, I might as well just play that too, just to finish it off, so... Yeah, that's pretty much all that's been on my docket this week. All right. Not bad. So, Jambers, before we get to our Patreon questions, I do want to say once again, I know I already briefly mentioned it. I sent out a tweet. More tweets will come out. But if any of you out there want to help participate in our No IPA May, which is just days away, it's very simple. All you have to do is show us a picture of your non-IPA beer. Let us know what you think of it. And get creative. It can be the beer. It can be beer with games, toys, you, like whatever you want to do. Just share it with us on Twitter or on Instagram. As long as you share that hashtag with us, you're in the um, running for our contest where we give away either shirts or glasses at the end of the end of the month um, for whoever kind of gets the most votes and everyone enjoys. So Feel free, join in. It's a good way to look at beers other than IPAs because that's really all you can get anymore. So, celebration of other styles. Yep, it's always a fun time. And actually, it did. It took off a little bit last year, so hopefully it continues this year too. But yeah. moving on, patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. Where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question and we will answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. Also, quick shout out to Leo. Got to meet him this past weekend. Super nice guy. So, once again, thanks for the support, man. Thank you, buddy. Yep. First up from Kev called. Do you prefer pants or shorts? <laughs> Whack. <laughs> what, what's your preference? Surely that answer must depend on the weather, no? Surely there's no preference that doesn't have to do with comfort. I don't understand the question. 
I think there are, you know, it's funny. I mean, especially growing up in Philly, you see those some guys. We had a buddy. Well, who, yeah. It, it wouldn't matter. It's winter and he's wearing shorts. The out. white the white guy in the cargo shorts. Yes. Winter, or, or basketball shorts. Mm-hmm. Too. You see, those are those are a type of guy. <laughs> it's Jim. Uh, <laughs> it's me. I'm, I'm the cargo <laughs> oh, short <okay>. guy. <laughs> I'm the fat guy in um, the cargo shorts in winter. <laughs> uh, I mean, my brother was that way for a long time. I think he's broken the habit, you know, but uh, uh, we, we pray for his recovery. <laughs> um, I so I guess Jim, you're you're a shorts guy. Um, I mean, I like it when it's shorts weather again. I wear pants in the winter because it's cold and I have to walk my dog. But yeah, I mean, I prefer shorts, especially I do wear the cargo shorts because it's just convenient. I can't help it. <laughs> Damn and I'm shit. married. I'm a dad. Who am I impressing? It's over. There's nothing. There's nothing much there to impress even before then. So <laughs> I am what I am. Yeah, I'm a simple man. I'm definitely a jeans. Just just jeans. straight up jeans year round. I mean, here's the deal. I definitely go into I call my work or basketball shorts depend if I if I'm working out or working outside, it's way too hot. Obviously, I'm going to wear shorts. Um, but like just jeans. I just attribute it to pure kind of laziness. Um, cuz for my work when I do have to go in, I have to wear dress pants or khakis and like you know, I so I don't want to casually wear those out unless I really have to. Otherwise, jeans are just uh, they're easy and yeah, I don't have to think much about them if that makes sense. Like they'll go. So with, I gotta, I gotta know. Do you do you have like a do you have a favorite jean or, or how are you? How are you, are you picky? Do you do no. you shop hard? No. Oh really. no, I I am. Uh, my my wife hates it how non picky I am. Like I I, I I I'll have like two or three pairs of jeans and that'll be my jeans for a couple years and that's like I don't have a giant now t shirt she she it drives her crazy because I have ones like still from like high school she's like why do you still have this t shirt because I'm like because who knows like this band is cool like you know it doesn't matter <laughs> but yeah like jeans like I just get them until I and I'm notorious like I'll get holes in them. And people will think they're like the designer style where they have rips or shit. Yeah. I'm like, no, those were just actually ripped. And I just didn't do nothing about it. Um, I don't know. I just find a comfort in them. And it's probably more like my dad was the same way. It was like a, it was a jeans all the time. And maybe that's part of it. But, yeah, I'm definitely not huge into like pickiness of a certain brand or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, jeans is probably my answer. <laughs> Now, what Ooh. about you, Wax? So I know you said it depends on the weather, though. But do you have a preference? Um, I wear I wear a lot of jeans. I wear a lot of jeans, and and thankfully, uh, the teachers' union protects me from having a dress code at work. So nice. I uh, wear a lot of jeans at work, and and so forth, and and that sort of carries a lot of my wardrobe. Uh, but. If I had my druthers, I'd be in some shorty shorts. I'd I'd, I'd shorts, let the thighs okay. I'd I'd let the thighs breathe. I'd I'd, I'd have that five inch inseam going. <laughs> uh, but it's you know it's 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 the north northeastern United States. It's not a it's not yeah. You only get for that you. for like five months, maybe tops. Maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that explains all conducive. the trips. You just want to show off the shorts all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, bro, I've been going to. I was at the zoo today. God damn it, I'm at the zoo all the time. Uh, we, uh, I'm seeing the sloths. I'm seeing the, mm-hmm. the the zebras, the giraffes. You guys know about it. <laughs> the the big the uh, what, what, when they put in that big cat house like six years ago, seven years ago. 
I only moved here two years ago. I'm from. Oh, Southern, right. uh, I'm not from here. <laughs> ah, where are you from? Oh. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> prefer not to say elsewhere. <laughs> okay, okay, it's, I gotcha. I am. Uh, Parts unknown, like the I? Undertaker. Uh, I'm trying to think because I know I've said stuff online. A more rural part of Pennsylvania, more in line with Amish people and farms and so I forth. Fully understand. <laughs> uh, we we know what where that is. Yep. Oh, yeah, that only so, encapsulates a nine-hour drive. I, I think it's good beer. Yeah. But the the like where I'm from, like I don't even remember what we were saying. I was trying to think of creative ways out of that, but I don't know. <laughs> no, we got you. You so you're yeah, nowhere to Philly. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I used to come out here a lot, um, see like concerts and shows. Um it was the closest place to see like certain bands and stuff I wanted to see in high school and college. So I was out here a lot, but I was never uh, I, I moved here two years ago. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. All right, next James, up what from, we got next. Next up from JD Mains. When will Game Pass value stop being as high as it is relative to its competition with either increased monthly fees, reduction in game offerings, or a combination of the two? Ooh. So Wack, I, I know you're more of a retro gamer. Do you have Xbox by any chance? I have a I have a I, I, I don't have the new one. I have the previous one. Okay. They're hard to talk about because their names are confusing. Uh, yeah, but so you have the I Xbox have an Xbox One. one. Yeah. I have the Xbox One. That's what I have. Uh, and I have a PS4 and I have a, a, a Switch and stuff, but uh, I don't have any of the Games Pass or PS Online or anything. Um, but I used to have Xbox Live for a long time, and I thought about re-getting it when they started doing the Games Pass stuff. My guess that the answer to that question would be that it's impossible to answer because we don't have any knowledge of how much it actually costs them to put those games up there for free. Like how much money are they losing by like giving you access to like a dead cell or something or not a dead space or whatever, Mm. you know, it's like, what, what are they really losing by doing that? I, I, I would have to imagine it can't really be all that much. Yeah. I mean, the service itself brings in a lot of money, but I know the devs and like actual straight up game sales on the console is taking a big hit. Because through this whole like acquisition with uh, Activision Blizzard and that whole lawsuit that's been going back and forth, I think they did say like how actual game sales are down like crazy on the Xbox platform because everyone just gets Game Pass and they'll play it and then delete the game. So it's weird. It's a weird like kind of balancing act that they're playing right now. I feel like like Microsoft in the gaming space has been on a downward trajectory since the original Xbox came out, that it has been a like slow, steady death for like the Xbox brand over time. And they always feel like in such a precarious position in comparison to Sony and Nintendo. Well, even when they're winning, they find a way to fuck it up. Cause like early yeah. in the 360 era, like they were kicking ass, but you know, they also had a 50% failure rate. So it was always like, Oops, going to buy an Xbox and have it break on me. Mm-hmm. So even then, and that's just like... the that's just the failures, not the ones that exploded. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> As by the way, I don't know, no, not, not enough people. I, I don't hear enough people talk about this. Every generation of Xbox, including the first one, has exploded upon its initial release. <laughs> a certain pretension, a uh, certain percentage of them have exploded inside the homes of the people that own them. I like how it's like, what's the percentage? Well, it's more than zero, so that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Any amount is not good. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is an interesting question. I think what, what we've noticed is, as Wack pointed out, like 
They they haven't won a console war ever, pretty much ever. Um, but what they have excelled at is their online services. And with the Game Pass, to JD's question is. It is so high valued now because no one is competing with exclusives, with AAA day one releases, with just the catalog they offer you for the price point they offer you. Like PlayStation is trying to stop this acquisition of Activision because they know some of these games that PlayStation ponies out for are going to get sent for free. So you kind of go... Yeah, like how long is that business model going to really last? But I guess if you look at the pricing models for games in general, it's not going to be the way it used to, which is hard sales, whatever. They're making so much money on microtransactions, which I hate, and DLCs, that it doesn't make more sense to just get more eyeballs to your games, let them play it for free, kind of hook them in, have a license for so many months on Game Pass, and if they really like it, they'll buy it. Or keep it on there forever and have a type of game where you can just milk it out of all those DLCs and microtransactions. Um, I think the only way it gets true competition is if PlayStation really ups the ante with showing a lot or like emulating all their old classics from PlayStation 1 and 2. And they, they do some of them, but if they really up their catalog... Um, that would be a good competition, but PlayStation's pricing model is actually more expensive than Game Pass, so they would need to lower it. Nintendo, I don't think, will ever be the real threat because Nintendo's Nintendo. Like, for all the good they do, they're also their own worst enemy when it comes to taking care of their customers. So they'll never, in mass, release all the classics that everybody really wants. They'll slowly trickle out a few games at a time and a whole bunch of obscure ones. Um, so until Microsoft decides to start pricing themselves out of business, I think it's going to remain the dominant one for a while and probably be valued there for at least another generation or two. Yeah, I think it's definitely a money thing because even the subscriptions are still pretty decent, even when they're not like having slow months and not putting a lot of new stuff on there. So if they increase the price, that's when I think it's really going to start to take a hit. Yeah, for sure. But yep. Last up from Todd Howard sucks. Favorite Belgian beer? Mine right now is Le Chouf. Le Chouf? How do you say that, Brian? Hey, are, are you doing, is it the Canadian one with the uh, with the foil on the beer? Well, that's left, right? No, there is a separate Canadian one, but I, I would have to see how it's spelled. C-H-O-U-F-F-E? C-H-O-U-F-F-E. Yeah, Le Chouf sounds right. If it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Favorite Belgium beer. Wack, do you have an answer for that one? Uh, yeah, the Chimay Doré. Um, Chimay is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. like a Trappist monk beer uh, from like a thousand years ago. Uh, but the Chimay Gold, uh, it's wonderful. Although I really, I mean, I like a lot of the American Belgian styles. Like, uh, I really like Golden Monkey and some of its iterations, some not so much. But... Um, I, I love Belgians, um, <clears throat> but like of the Belgians from Belgium, I would definitely say Chimay Gold. Yeah, I'm I'm going to stick with one from Belgium as, to, as well um, and go with the St. Bernardus, uh, ABT 12, I believe it is. I got a, a whole Christmas pack of a, a couple of them, but man, we talked about dangerous ones that sneak up on you at like 10 to 12%, and it tastes like... Sp- 
spices and fruits and just there it's so flavorful it definitely has a little bit of booziness but still goes down like an easy beer um belgians man their beers if you get good ones they are excellent so straight from belgium i'll I'll go with that one because that's a quad and that's a flavor profile onto itself i uh yeah i really love that one actually or no not i love that brewery i've had a different um saint bernardus i'm looking at the picture here the the abbott 12 and um i haven't had this one specifically but it's got a really beautiful like really 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 dark still like amber color to it uh it looks great yeah like i said i have i've yet to have a bad one from them it's one of those ones where i go why don't i buy more and then i'm like oh yeah they're rare to find and they're they tend yeah. to be a little expensive so but yeah no it's a great beer and i also know that's one where you sip on one throughout the night you're not going mm-hmm. through a couple so yeah you really gotta take your time with it yeah um maybe duval i'd go with for like the ones mm-hmm. that are actually like from belgian uh because yeah, what do you, um, I haven't had a ton, to be honest with you, over the years, but anytime I've ever had them, I've really enjoyed them. Hmm. Got like a nice little full mouthfeel and body flavor to them, so it's a solid beer. Like, I was yeah. going to be like, oh, maybe like Hogarn or something like that, but now I want to be a little bit more fancy, so <laughs> I can go with the Duvels. I mean, if you uh, want to be I, fancy, you can always go Delirium. I mean. Oh, yeah, with their yeah. with their clay bottles. The, yeah. bottles. Yeah, with the pink elephant on it. Yeah, and, and that are 50 bucks for a four-pack or whatever it is. They're expensive yeah. as hell, so you're getting one big bottle for probably 20 bucks or whatever it is. But, yeah, they, they're they damn good, too. Uh, one I do want to shout out for Belgians, because Belgians, cause it, it is my actual favorite kind of beer, which I didn't tell you guys beforehand. Um, so, But the uh, the other one I really love, which is a... Uh, a it is okay. So the hops come from Europe, but it is brewed in Quebec, uh, La Fin du Monde. Have you guys ever yep. had that? Yeah, I've not that, had that. That's it's... the one with the. It usually has the very foily top, and it's got the yep. maple leaf or something. Yeah, yeah. It. I think it's France. I think it's a picture or some type of land or something. Yes. It's hard to tell what the picture is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a nine percent. It's got like a lighter color than some of the other Belgians. Mm-hmm. Um, like a like a like a less opaque than some of the other ones do, uh, but it's uh, it's it's great. Um, it's a little on the lighter side as far as some of those other Belgians go. I mean, nine percent is on the lighter <laughs> side for some of those beers. So uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's great though, um, and I know there's a lot of places in Philly that serve it. So yeah, that was uh, I think it was actually last year during No IPA May. I got my first bottle of it and nice. i was like oh this is good and, and some of our buddies from canada were like why are you drinking our beer <laughs> giving me hell but i was like yeah this this is pretty damn delicious so yeah now that that's a great call i like that beer a lot yep so that nice. wraps up the patreon question. questions for this week so once again thank you to everyone for the support head over to patreon check out the tiers and get game review requests movie review requests bonus episodes and all that good stuff and wherever you're listening whether it's itunes spotify or youtube make sure to hit up all the other platforms give us uh reviews on there follow us on there really helps out the page no thank you guys truly appreciate it all right chambers so i know we just ended on a good beer conversation but to keep it going and eh, semi-local to us based in new jersey big news uh something i was not i would have never expected um but coming out of cape may brewery they are purchasing flying fish and 
once again, if you're a fan of this podcast, we've talked flying fish, uh, never really impressed Jim and I, but they were the largest brewery in New Jersey until now. And Cape May is kind of newer. They started in 2011. Flying fish has been around since 95. And, um, in this announcement, yeah, they're basically saying they're, uh, excited to acquire the assets of flying fish. I don't know if that technically means like in the article that comes to us from katemaybrewery.com um i don't know if they'll still have a line that's called flying fish or if they will just absorb it all and then hand over all their beers but kind of a big ass move i don't know i mean whack have you had beers from either of these and is this like news to you as well I was pretty shocked. Yeah, Jim told me earlier. Um, I had assumed that Cape May was a lot smaller than Flying Fish. Yeah, um, same. And I had also assumed that, like, well, actually, funny because I mentioned uh, Chapo twice. Now they just had like a, uh, they just had a, um, a, 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 a beverage journalist on to talk about some of the shakeups in the beverage industry. Mm. And he talked about like the CEO of Bang Energy, and he talked about um, this, these, a few other things. But he basically said that a lot of these like craft beer microbreweries are on the crest down. Nobody's going to become the next Goose Island. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. become the next uh, Dogfish or anything like those. That that is done with. Um, and so I I was surprised to hear this like three days after that podcast dropped. That like two large breweries in a big beer drinking area of the country uh combined my guess would be i and it's here's the thing i was going to say no i've never had anything by flying fish but i actually drank pretty much only flying fish last summer and i didn't even know it because (laughs) their branding is so weak because their 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 fish little fish logo is so unremarkable um Mm -hmm. but yeah there are variety packs with the xpa hazy bones those two specifically, I was drinking a lot of that last summer. I will probably drink it, be drinking more of that this summer, um, especially the Hazy Bones. I like the Hazy Bones a lot. Um, and yeah, Cape May, I I have had some of their beers. Like one of my friends who's like a big beer person, she it's her favorite brewery, and I had her favorite beer from it. I don't remember what it was, and I liked it, but I went to the Cape May Brewery like two years ago. Um and I didn't really. I liked their. I liked their seltzers better than their beer. So <laughs> really, <laughs> uh, yeah. But they had that was like two years ago. Was like at the start of this whole seltzer craze, and theirs were all like they hadn't filtered the dyes out, so they were like pink. They tasted yes, just yes, like White Claw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they taste just like White Claw or whatever. But um, yeah, they're they're. I don't know. They're pretty good. Um, I I don't have any ill will. I think their branding is a lot stronger as far as like the way their logo looks and the way their beers sort of have branding cohesion to them. Uh, I think their branding is a lot stronger than flying fish. And so that maybe is where flying fish was suffering is that if you're looking at a cooler full of different beers, like nothing about it stands out. If you see a case of like their hazy bones next to a case of their salt and what is it called? Salt and sea. Uh, they don't even look like they come from the same place. Like you would not even like associate with them one another at all. So it's funny you mentioned that. So we used to run a lot of like weekly brackets for best beer in Philly, best beer in Jersey. Yeah. When we ran that, 
it was hilarious because Kate May actually reached out to us. They're like, hey, that logo you're using, um, it's a little outdated. We got a new one. Would you mind using this one? And sent us like professional, like updated logos. Like they were nice. so involved with our, like a little ass group like us on Twitter to be reaching out. Nice. I'm like, oh, they're really in the weeds. Whereas like, other breweries would like kind of retweet, say like, "Oh, that's cool," but you could tell they had their finger on the pulse. So they clearly had a, a media team that was like really in tune. But to your point, I mean, yeah, you look at the cans. Kate May cans are undeniable. Um, they're definitely much smaller. And Flying Fish, even though I said a lot of their stuff was unremarkable to me, one of the strongest beers I've had recently, the uh, Blueberry Braggot, which was a honey ale with blueberries. It's 15%, and that thing drinks like candy. And it's like such a random ass style that nobody does. That I was like, oh, this is this is really good. But yo, that's crazy because I had this like years ago. Yep. And you just said it. And I was like, I had this really good blueberry beer this one time. Yeah, it's the same one, but their branding is dog shit. Like you do now. Yeah. Like- <laughs> you look at that bottle, and literally all it is is text. Whereas yeah. there are other ones, like, they'll maybe have a different time design. It's like, whoever designs their stuff did not think of cohesion or, like, yeah, trying to keep a brand or whatever it is. But I'm still amazed because Flying Fish is the largest in New Jersey. So I would have thought it would be the inverse, like, Flying Fish buys Cape May. But Cape May has been on a hot streak. Anyone who goes there, they talk about it. Um, I even compared their like untapped numbers and Kate May is definitely rated higher, but flying fish still has more ratings. So it, it's very interesting. I wish they would have said how much this purchase is for, because to your point, we've seen a lot of breweries either get absorbed by the really big, like InBevs of the world, or they become collaborations, but this is just a straight up acquisition. So I don't know. I I would love to know the details. I'm sure they will get leaked eventually, but this happened as of today on April 24th. So it's one of the rare times news actually drops the night we we record. It's always a Tuesday. It's never Monday. So thank God. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, to your point, like anytime, like I'm grabbing a random thing off uh, the shelf and it's like, Oh, it's uh, I didn't even realize it's flying fish half the time. Like, Oh, you know, it's dogfish head or maybe it's like, you know, flying dog or one of these other ones with like more, you know, the ones that stick out in your head more. But like Brian said, like they're they're fine. They're a fine brewery. And Kate May, Kate May's pretty good too. So yeah, I mean it's gonna be a strong brand, especially in the area. But holy shit. And actually whack to your point, the Kate May's freaking hard lemonade is delectable. It's so goddamn good. <laughs> yeah, so like, they're like those 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 I don't what, what do we what what do we call them? Those fruity malts beverages or whatever, their seltzers, their mm-hmm. hard lemonade and stuff. All that stuff is really good. And they even have their like slushy drinks when you're on site, and like those are always pretty good too. And those are oh, like, I can't, I can't drink that stuff. I didn't even try it. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're good. I mean, if you like, if you like, you know, ten pounds of sugar, but yeah, yeah they're I tasty too. Wait, wax. Since I know you've only been in Philly for two weeks, have you gone to South Street and went to Fat Tuesdays? Two, two year, two years, two years. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But okay. Have you gone down to Fat Tuesdays and gotten some of those slushies? Uh. Again, I've been to Fat Tuesdays. Okay. I really can't drink those things. I really can't. Every single time I've tried it, I, I've just not really, not really jived with it. Does it doesn't end well? <laughs> it's, it's only seven thousand percent alcohol, so I don't know what your problem is, Brian. Oh, I I love. I mean, you talk about you want to 
tie one on for tonight. You start there, get maybe one or two, and you're you're good for quite a while. Oh yeah, but actually, yeah. speaking of drinking for quite a while, so yeah. baseball has recently implemented famously a lot of new rules this season. Thank God, and all of the, <laughs> we can actually get into that because I know Wack had some strong opinions on that. But yes, yeah, we have, we have pitch clocks, we have balk rules, we have only so many times you can throw to the base. You can't do infield shifts anymore. All kinds of craziness. But the pitch clock is definitely the probably the most divisive of them because it is really speeding up the games. And with sped up games, that could potentially mean less beer sales during the course of a game. So a bunch of teams are starting to implement selling. Like traditionally, most teams would stop by the seventh inning stretch. But now most a lot of teams are starting to work their way into going into the eighth and even ninth innings, depending on where you're at. So, Wack, first off with you, man. You are yes. not a fan of the pitch clock, are you? No, I love the pitch clock. You are? I thought you said you hated it. I no, I got that. No, Caleb said he hated it. Um, oh, yeah. He said he wasn't a fan. I love the pitch clock. I think it's a great idea. Um, I was at. I went to the Phillies game Saturday, Saturday, uh, when they played the Rockies. Um, and yeah, I loved it. Uh, we were uh, like watching. I was like, damn, it's already a third inning. They're really like cooking over there. It was. I mean, I I, I really enjoyed it a lot, and. Um, for my sins, I deeply apologize. I am not a lifelong Phillies fan, uh, but I do I do go to a lot of the games because I live down here. Um, but like, I've been watching a lot of my team's games, the Yankees, and uh, I've really enjoyed a lot of the uh, the, the 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 pacing around that. And, I saw and the call. reactions. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the reactions. I apologize, but it's the truth. Nah, it's all good. If you, I, yeah. really with Philly teams, if you're like. 30 miles outside of Philly. No one likes Philly teams. So. So no, yeah, I mean, I, in Philly who don't like Philly's teams. <laughs> are you kidding? I, uh, I grew up uh, my early life in, in the Southern Connecticut. So I'm a Yankees fan. My brother's a Mets fan. And uh, yeah. But then when I moved down here to the Philly area, even like where I grew up, people were like, I have the 2009 World Series. Somebody at a different Somebody from my high school at a different college gave out my phone number to a bunch of people, and I got like all these calls, like harassing <laughs> me and stuff. Naturally, nuts. yeah, yeah, yeah. Naturally, Jim, um, you're just sitting there going, "Well, sucks to win, doesn't it?" Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, at that point, it would have been like such a, <laughs> it would have been such an ordeal. It was Wait, like was it just after game one when they were all shit talking you, and then after that, it just all went downhill for the game Bulls? one and game three, game one and game three. And yeah, it was like I think I think the Yankees won Game Three. I think it went to extra innings. I know that there was like I'd have to look at it again, but there was there was uh, there was a lot there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of animosity directed my direction in October of two thousand nine. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the the pitch clock, I, I like. It's just really nice to for a sense of urgency in baseball. As far as the like the base running or the base, you know, tagging rules, base throwing rules, whatever you want to call it. Um I didn't notice a dramatic change in the way the game was played. I haven't really seen it. Obviously there have been some highlights and some weird things that have happened, pitch clock violations that maybe shouldn't have been called and things like that, but I don't know. As far as changes, these huge changes, like anytime the NFL has done like any changes, it dramatically shifts the game. And I just haven't really seen it in the same way. But I guess we have to get deeper into the season, deeper into pitching rotations, deeper into lineup changes and see. But 
so far I haven't seen it really affect it. Yeah, I haven't been as huge in it. Well, I'll be honest with you. Phillies have sucked for so long that I kind of fell off baseball for a little bit. I can be a bit of a front runner when it comes to it, but like I just think about like the days of like the Prince Fielders and Ryan Howards and thinking, man, if they didn't have infield shifts back then, they would have both been hitting like four hundred every goddamn season. Those poor guys got robbed. But yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I I, I think that. All of these like rule changes, the designated hitter being added to the National League and all these different things that have happened in the past 15 years or so to the MLB. It's been like very, uh, I think it's been a net positive for the most part, especially when you compare it to rule changes in the NFL and the NBA, like the NBA adding like advertisements to their jerseys and the NFL pushing the kicking receiving line back and all those things that have, have really colored the game in such a such a dramatic fashion. I, I just haven't seen it out of the MLB yet. Yeah, now I agree. It still might be a little bit too new, but man, do I like a three hour game. Oh my yes. God, is it a breath of yes. fresh air? Yes, yes, 100%. Now I got to see with this drinking roll if it's just going to cause people to start drinking more or faster during the course of the thing, or if they just go, oh, well, here, sign a lease. If you drink until the eighth, that's on you. I mean, if they're worried yeah. about drink sales, stop making your goddamn crappy ass beers twelve dollars and even up. Like reduce it, bucks, a Brian. What is this? Twenty ten. Re- reduce it by five bucks, and you'll sell triple the mm. amount of beer. People are like. Yeah, they're buying it because the games were longer and you don't got anything else to do. But what what was Philly's rule? Like, what inning would they stop selling? Seventh. Seventh. So <clears throat> here's the deal. I get, you know, and it is, that's actually like, hey, that's a responsible rule. But I love they're like trying to make up for it now. Now, they're only, they only mentioned four teams, Arizona, Texas, uh, Minnesota, and Milwaukee have extended the sales through the eighth inning. And that Miami and New York uh, still stop selling after a seventh, but they're saying they may switch. It's like boo-hoo. You're selling beer that people could buy for pennies on the dollar for an outrageous amount. You reduce it a little bit, your sales will go up. So this is one of those deals. And Jim, to already answer your question, if you're going to the game to get really fucked up, you're either going to pregame a little harder now at the beginning, or you're just now going to triple down when you buy your beers in the first or second or third innings. That's all that's going to happen. But oh, if you don't tailgate, you're fucking up anyway. So yeah, well, you, have, you, have, you have to keep it to like two to three beers tops while you're there, unless you want to spend two hundred dollars. Right. But that's what right. some people I think go there. Like anyone who like has an issue with with the the pitch clock, it has to be just because. You just want to spend the entire day there. Like, that was one of my most notorious issue always with baseball. is boring as tears. Goes on way too long. Anything to speed it up, awesome. Like, so, I don't know. I think I think that's a very easy rule, and I think beer sales will be just fine. I think if you really want to drink, you're going to, you know what? As Jeff Goldblum says, uh, life finds a way. You you <laughs> will figure this shit out, and you'll buy more. That's all I'll say. Agreed. All right. Uh, next up, so we talked about Game Pass for a little bit earlier, but going back to it, uh, one lucky fan. Uh, there is a giveaway by Microsoft, and he won Game Pass uh, lifetime membership to it. 
And he had to turn it down for a very specific reason. So it is April 24th right now, so we are past the tax deadline. And oh boy, do you have to read the red tape on these giveaways. So basically, he said that he would have had $7,300 of added taxable income to his 2023 taxes as a result. So, you know, his taxes would have gone up by 24%. And then there's also state taxes. And basically, they like front load. They consider for life 40 years. So they basically front load it to you right away. So that becomes your value. And you can't even trade in for cash or anything. Dude, I'm sorry. But talk about somebody. Now, this guy, very smart. Very smart. Has to be a CPA or something because talk about sucking the fun out of something. And I love the comments all below. They're like, wow. Like, I would have never read that, but, you know, that's cool. Like, yeah, he he brings up a good point. He basically calculates out, like, had I just purchased Xbox for this long and, you know, I don't want to have to owe an extra $1,752 in my next round of taxes. I would, you know what? I'll I'll admit, maybe because I'm dumb. I would have never, if I won a contest like this, I would not think to file this in my taxes as a thing, as like a value based thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like something about this just read like, just take the prize and enjoy your life, man. Like he he must be uh, throw up parties. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, yeah. So I I don't understand. I guess like the. He, what if he hadn't said anything? What if he had just that, taken it? Would he exactly? <laughs> what like because I mean, you know, I've not been uh, always this uh, proud and successful billionaire podcaster you see before you today. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, same here, obviously. <laughs> and I, 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 we had some. I mean, we had some issues with the IRS and stuff. The IRS is fucking flexible as hell. Like I don't know, like they've always been so easy to work with and like tax issues we've had in the past and extensions and, and, and payment plans and things. I am surprised that you wouldn't just try your luck with the IRS because they're usually pretty chill if you're up front with them. Yeah. And this is not a, ca- it's different if Xbox said this is a cash prize to like, we're giving you the cash to here's $7,300 completely different. They're giving you access to their Xbox Live, their um, the Game Pass for life. It's not something you'd have to necessarily report out the same way you don't have to report out when you put out your money for it. So that's where I go. This guy, I think, just thought way too much about this. Like he calculated out the value, figured out that he may need to report it as earnings and then would have to pay on top of it. But it's not an earning because you can't turn it in for cash value. So I'm like, that's where you out nerd it yourself so hard. And does this guy? Does this guy put on a condom before he gets in a car just in yes. case? Like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. World? He double wraps. You, I mean, yeah. he just uh, like you said, sucks the fun out of anything. He's not. He's not one of those friends you can be like. Let me throw a hypothetical at you. 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 He can't do that. He'd be like, no, 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 no. Let me analyze this. I read this and I just went, wow, man. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know, Jim. You you, you looked skeptical. Like, where, uh, like you agree with him almost. Not, not that I agree with him. Like, I guess it's good that he figured this out. But I'm kind of like you. I would have been like, oh, fucking sweet. Xbox Game Pass for life. 
look at me never having to pay for this again. I would have never have even thought to do anything with taxes or anything like that. I wonder, almost wonder if he's like won giveaways before where he got boned and he's like, uh-uh-uh, not this time, and had to look into it. Or if he's just a nerd like you guys are saying. I don't know. It's weird. It's the last thing I would have ever thought of. He'd be the type to go to the casino and be like, I can only put this much down because if I earn more than this much per year in gambling, I need to report it. Like, you just, you're winning Game Pass. You're not getting cash. You're not doing something that you would actually report yeah, it is. out. Is sweepstakes winning the same as like gambling winnings? It's not, right? You don't know because it's because it's not a va- it's not a cash valued thing. And even like if you consider it a gift, gifts have different rules. And at a minimum, a company or a person can gift you up to sixteen thousand dollars a year without you needing to report it. Because I've dived into tax shit myself because I do it myself, and that's why when he said the total value over forty years. Makes no sense how he got to this point that he felt he had to turn it down. So he's a classic overthinker. That I mean, that that's you know a buzzkill. That's all I'll say. You know, he should have called a CPA, and the CPA would have heard the uh, would have thought of all of the insane yeah. things that people drop at his door and have been like. Hey, bro, why don't you fucking pop half a clonopin and see how you feel in the morning? <laughs> a CPA would have laughed him out of the door. <laughs> At one of my old jobs, my buddy's dad was a CPA. And he's like, yeah. you know, if you instead of just claiming zero or one is independent, if you claim like 13 dependents, then you don't owe anything at the end. I was like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I'm sure your, your math is right. I said, but I'll just, no, I'm good. I don't want to fuck around with that. CPAs. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell the truth to the government. Yeah. yeah, and like, but CPAs, if somebody brought this to them, they're like, "Wait, you what? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here!" It's a video it's like, game that's not reported to the IRS. What? What? <laughs> uh, it's like uh, it's like a like knowing a friend who like uh, 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 doesn't ever go to casinos or anything, and they're like, "I lost fifteen dollars at a blackjack table," <laughs> and then like the dealer is like. I watched a man two hours ago lose $15,000 and then just move mm-hmm. to a different table. Like, uh-huh. you are not. <laughs> oh, man. There, there is nothing like a good two-in-the-morning AC trip. And yeah, y- yeah, you're yeah, at yeah, some yeah. random table and you see a guy with just stacks of chips and he's betting thousands where I'm like, $20 on black? Like, <laughs> and he's just losing left and right. You're like, He's <sighs> choking back tears the whole time. Yeah. I, used to work, I used to work at a casino. And do you know what happens? You know what happens when people win jackpots at slot machines? They spend it all. They get fucking pissed off, and I'll tell you why. Because the people who win the jackpots are the degenerates. They are the people mm. who are there all the time, all day. Jackpot minimum is $1,600, and a $1,600 jackpot is bullshit, and they get pissed <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> I watched a I watched a regular at that casino uh, with a fifty thousand dollar mark, which means she has a fifty thousand dollar line of credit um, through the casino. Which means that was just our casino. There are other casinos in the area, and she had a she had a maxed out mark with us, and like she won twenty thousand dollars one night, and was like. About time. <laughs> not even <laughs> not even happy. Just like no. fuck. <laughs> they they're like they break even on happiness. They like even if you're gambling, like even if gambling is a totally emotional thing, they are just like 
barely breaking even on enjoying it. <laughs> well, Is dude, this going to be like been... Jim when you win Tetris 99 finally? You yeah, it's like anything else it? I ever win. I never enjoy it because it's like it's just a finally. This is my gambling here. I'm, I'm the guy, me with Tetris, I'm that guy at the blackjack table who blows 1500 bucks, goes back to the ATM and blows another uh, paycheck and just goes through that vicious cycle. <laughs> oh, Jim. This is my uh, life. Jim, I, you know what's funny is I could see you being overly cautious if you won this and then kind of taking the fun out of it too now. I'd find a way. I would probably find a way to screw it up. <laughs> and then I'd be like, Jim, you know you didn't have to do that. You'd be like, what? Fuck. <laughs> well, no. Can I get it back? No. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Jambers, you actually you threw something up here, which is interesting. It's a weird, we call it gaming item, but truly it's a drinking item. The Drinks Buddy by Garlo. And I've seen these things here and there. I think it was on what one of those shows, Shark Tank or whatever. But the device, and I'll have the video going as we talk, it basically takes the the top off of any aluminum can. So soda, beer, seltzers, whatever you drink, <clears throat> you attach it, it spins it off. Now, I noticed right away everyone in the comments was like, cool, something that's going to slice your mouth open. I will say the way cans are designed, those tops actually do screw off a very specific way. So you're not left with like sharp metal. But uh, I still think this is a very silly thing, but I don't know. What about you two? Whack, what do you think? Is this a device? I would love to weigh in on this. This yeah. uh, this this dumbass device means <laughs> the world you. to me. I have one. <laughs> um, this is how I, I saw this, actually, from a Whack tweet. Uh, I don't have I don't have the Go Go Drinks Buddy, um, which is different than the Drinks Buddy, which is like a Keurig machine for making cocktails. This is the Go Go Drink Buddy. Uh-huh. Um, no, not the Go Go Drink Buddy. The no, the Go Go Drinks Buddy. Jesus Christ. Okay, so <laughs> there's all of these. Mine's called the Draft Top, but they're all sort of the same thing. It's a can opener, uh, yeah. and it can open up your uh, aluminum uh, like <clears throat> beer cans or whatever. Um, it rocks. I will say. It, I don't, I don't fully know how it works. And by that, I mean, like, I will open up, I will take it out of the drawer um, and open up one beer with it perfectly fine. It, it, it grips it correctly. It lines up correctly and it pulls the thing off perfectly fine. And then the very next one I will do, it will be completely impossible. And then I won't be able to use it the rest of the night. And then I'll try it the next day and it'll work fine. It's like, I don't know why. I don't know if it's me. I've watched videos of people say the same thing. I don't know if I got the go-go drinks, buddy, if I would feel different about it versus the draft top that I have now. Uh, but they look exactly the same, These the, the, the thing I have and what this thing is. Um, and I I don't know. I think it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and I really like it a lot. Uh, but there is like a learning curve to it. So if you're going to buy one, I would say first and foremost, you want to make sure all four of the little slicer things are on the surface of the can. And then you want to press directly downward on the top of the can. And don't, I mean, surely you guys know this, but do not do it with an already opened can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's it would surface, have some issues. <laughs> uh, there's surface tension. You will just rip that can completely apart. Um, but yeah, um, you have to be like quick with it. You have to hold it really tightly and you have to press down on it from the top without holding the can with your other hand. It's a very awkward thing to do and uh, it takes some it takes some learning. Is it worth it? Is it worth all that effort to just not go 
No. I mean, generally not. But it's a fun little device. And it is cool that, like, there is a sort of, like, kick out of, like, the environmentalism of it. If you're switching from beer to cocktails and you have an open beer, you don't have to get a cup out. You can just use the uh, open beer. Um, mm. That's something. I like that that's about it. Yeah. Um, there are, I think there are benefits to it. I think it is really funky to have the unopened top of a can I think <laughs> just by itself is also fun um but yeah you know it's uh it's a dumb it's a dumbass thing I I have said I've tweeted about it a lot before actually because I'm like this thing is so stupid and it makes me so happy <laughs> to just peel the top off of a can have you seen it have you seen a type of can like from a brewery that works better than others have you had more success with one or is it just luck of the draw tall boys work better like sixteen ounce beers work better. I I don't know why, um, but sometimes they work a lot worse. Like I said, the thing's inconsistent. And I, I I don't know. I I have found that like like a Miller Light, Bud Light, like sixteen ounce can is the easiest one to do it. Mm. Um, but I don't buy. I don't buy a lot of like. If I'm buying canned beer, it's just gonna be like Natty or Miller Light or whatever. It's not gonna be like. I'll usually get bottles for nicer beer. For so nice, I don't yeah. know. Well, so <clears throat> that that's where, okay, so the complete engineering nerd in me comes out is if you open this up and you are even drinking a beer, my thinking is, one, when I think of opening up cans of beers, like, you're out. Shit's going to probably fall in your beer a little easier. It may lose its temperature a lot faster because now you've increased the surface area a lot more. I think of things like that. I'm like... How much warmer does your beer get? How much shit falls into it? Um, I think of other drinks that maybe it's more interesting. Like in the video we're showing, like they put like ice cubes and things in there. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Like if you have a soda or something and you want to put ice cubes in it, um, that could be cool. But to you and Jim's point, it sounds like it's a lot of effort. It's kind of a uh, almost like a party trick. It's not something you're always going to go somewhere with. And I really actually like that idea. Like if you go to a kegger or something and instead of passing around, you know, a shit ton of red solo cups, you'd be like, just keep your can and fill with that. That, that, yeah. is, that interests me. I do like that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, like it's a very goofy idea that I just look at like, man, they're just, they just figure out a way to like, we're going to do something for any device out there, figure out a more crazy way and more effort to open it. And this probably yeah. sold for a ton of money. And you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's a goofy one. Jim, this is some shit I know you would buy or your wife would buy. No, actually, <laughs> no, because around the turn of the 2000s, I want to say, I think Mountain Dew was coming out with cans that like popped off the entire top, just like this does, only without mm. needing a cutting device. So I forget what soda it was, but they were doing some gimmick for a little while. And I remember fucking hating it. It just seems so unruly trying to drink out of a like a can like that. And I know with my dumb sloppy ass, like I'd be at a thing getting drunk and pop off the entire goddamn thing and just oh, wind up the whole beer sure. on myself. So, And also, like, being extremely beer nerdy, um, part of the deal, the way that beer is carbonated, like part of opening it up helps with the way the carbonation works. I don't know if popping that off, you're getting that same release of carbonation. If you release too much at once, you actually... It doesn't It doesn't 
uh, because of the way the thing works, as you like turn it around, you still get that initial pop. And so okay, so it doesn't release oh. too much. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't do it all at once. Um, I just put a link to the Draft Top 2.0 in the little chat here because they have perfected the design of the Draft Top, and it makes me want to purchase it. Um, because the problem was it was too hard to squeeze, but if you can squeeze from both ends, and it only has one of those little blade things instead of four of them, so it just needs to do a 360. Mm. You're not like guessing where, when you've done the 360, which is also a problem with it, because it's got four of those blade things, so you don't know when you've turned it far enough to take the whole top off. That was another issue with it. Uh, so this That's actually, interesting. Uh, yeah, that almost looks like a cigar cutter or something. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, but twenty five dollars is a lot. For that's, a lot. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot for gimmick. doing yeah. something. Now I'm like, okay. Now, like I said, it, it's something. There's clearly a market out there for it. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's the same way I feel about beer koozies. I know, Jim, you, your wife, My wife has is obsessed. We a have gazillion 10, of those. Thousand of those. Yep. Um, I don't know. Other than if I've been on a beach, I don't know if I've ever actually used one or if somebody hands it to me with them. Um, and I get it works, but there is something about just cracking open the top of a beer and just going into it. Uh, I don't know. Like I feel like with that drink, Whack, have you tried it on all types of drinks, or has it just been alcoholic drinks? Like, will you do it with sodas or like? Liquor? I've done it with sodas. Okay. Uh, it worked fine. Um, they are differently carbonated, so they don't always. They're not always like friendly with it. Mm. But. Um, I mean, the thing's hard to use anyway, and like 20% of the time I can't use it at all. So it's like I, 20% of the time, uh, <laughs> 60% of the time I can't use it at all. So <laughs> I think that uh, it, it's, I I don't know, I've used it for other things. It's just fun if you're having people over, yeah. crack everybody's first beer with one of those things. It's fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I'm curious to see. I thought the whole to- total top of the can opening up, like Jim was referencing, was going to take off. And then it felt like it kind of died on the vine, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what follows with this. I, I'm sure somebody right. will come up with more, more interesting shit, like the uh, shotgun device, Jim, which I am going to buy, and we have to talk about. Have you guys seen that? So it basically, yes, yeah. Yes. It, instead of like yes. having the people that <laughs> that can't use a key, like Jim, when you try and shotgun a beer, it's literally a claw device that like. It digs into the beer and it like makes it a perfect spout for you to drink out of. So when you shotgun, it's like a perfect claw in there. It's sealed. When you open it up, it's it's a perfect pour from a shotgun standpoint. Uh, there are ones now though that are three D printed like that, and they you cock them like a shotgun to put the oh, the tab awesome. in the side of it. Now um, that I want. Well, fuck now! I know what I have to buy. Like we have to buy all these goofy beer things and try them out. Have you guys have you guys heard of the podcast? Your Kickstarter sucks. No, no, no. Oh, it rocks! I love this show. Uh, I listen to it a lot, and uh, my producer's friends with their producer, and uh, they're good guys. And uh, yeah, they ha- they did an episode. They do six really stupid kickstarters, and they've done the. They did the draft top. That's how I first heard about it, and then I bought one. Um, and they did this shotgun thing that the original prototype of it looked crappy, but uh, I do know that they've been trying to perfect like basically something that looks like a shotgun that you like rack like a shotgun and then it punches open the side of a beer can. All oh, I can think is, so fun. especially because of my shirt, is the It's Always Sunny uh, 
the the shotgun where where they do that where they try and shoot alcohol oh, into yeah. each other's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Jim, you know we're gonna be start buying some of this goofy shit. Oh yeah, time to dip in those Patreon funds. Yeah. <sighs> for the good of the show, obviously. Not, ah. sure. not just for our own drinking. Of course not. <laughs> but Chambers, but- uh speaking of goofy things that have been going on, um Twitter's always been an interesting place, but the past few months with uh, all the changes, Jim, are we still a blue check mark for now? I know you gave up paying for it, but yeah, what do you call it? That goes away in early May for us. Okay, so they Twitter announced new API pricing, and it it has issues for smaller folks, but one of the bigger folks, being Microsoft. Uh, has disabled the use of Twitter f- uh, sharing from Xbox. And this includes, uh, now you can technically have a workaround if you have their app um, from their Xbox a- app on Android or iOS, but basically you can't share anymore to Twitter directly from the game bar or on Windows. So, um, yeah, they're kind of taking shots at them. And their reasoning is, they would be getting charged approximately 42000 per month based on the way the API pricing structure is for Twitter. So Now, to Microsoft's credit, they didn't actually say it was because of the price increase. They did not It just happened that. at the same time, and everyone put two and two together. I mean, some so, could say where there's smoke, there's fire, but it's, it's a hell of a bit of timing. I'll say that. And, of course, Wax's favorite person, Elon Musk, you know, he saw this reply and he went, lawsuit time, in typical Elon fashion. Elon's uh, Elon's been doing a lot of really creative things with Twitter recently that I really appreciate. Um, I didn't know you could fuck up anything as badly as he's done this. Um, and yeah, like NPR refusing to post on there anymore, and all these other like big uh, journalists, like uh, another public, like PBS or somebody, is refusing to post on Twitter because they were called state-affiliated media. And it's like, it's really, it's really wild how he doesn't appear to be speaking to anybody before he makes any of these decisions at all. And like so many websites have very, very, very cheap API access or free for the most part. And the fact that he is like paywalling, it is so funny. It is like, uh, the, 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 the most broke ass thing I could ever imagine is the way he has like netted these 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 blue checks and the 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 benefits that come with it into these different payment tiers and structures and these guys are like now bragging that they're paying for it and it's like bro you you've got your you've got your mental all backwards if you're bragging about paying for something that i'm not paying for i don't get it man um and yeah it's just been a uh it's been a really funny like 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 development as these other companies are sort of treating him um, like a, like a leper uh, because he is fucking up all their money. Well, here's what's interesting: the three tiers, the way they're outlined in this article, for, and this uh, is on the Verge, or no, uh, it's from Polygon, <clears throat> but it makes references to the Verge, which outlines the the payment structure. So for free, you have right only access with the ability to post fifteen. 100 tweets per month at no cost the basic is a hundred dollars per month 
uh, for hobbyists with the option of posting 3,000 tweets per month at the user level or 50,000 tweets per month at the app level. The read limit is 10,000 tweets. And then enterprise is commercial level access that meets your need, you and your customers' specific needs, as well as managed services from a dedicated account team. No specific price was listed, but according to other sources, it's going to be as high as forty-two thousand per month, which is how Microsoft got to this. It's going to cost us forty-two thousand per month. Well, once again, Microsoft didn't say that, but I don't know what any of that shit means. <laughs> when I read that, I went, would like, I look at Microsoft now and they post once a day and it's, so I'm like 15,000 tweets per month at no cost. I'm like, why do you need more than that? But like, I, I don't know. Like, would, would they require API access in order for people to publish from their Xboxes on? That's to- what my guess is, is that if anyone posts from their apps, then that's why they would need it. That would count towards that total number so it it feels like a and 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 i know brian you said you're not on twitter very much but this feels like a direct attack on the possum every hour accounts the red panda every hour accounts the uh, every single frame of goodfellas every single frame of the Simpsons, <laughs> i have know. seen the every single i've seen many uh, one one jim introduced me to which annoys me now it's still nowhere near but is uh was it jim from the w is oh, test still is, dead is test still dead and he'll just would post like every couple days. Yes. And that's all the gimmick is. And I found it hilarious. There's a lot of yeah. gimmick tw- tweet uh, Twitter accounts out there for sure. Yeah. And they're so like some of them are so much fun. But I mean, like they blocked it. This actually has like affected, I think, a lot of Twitter users. And it's affected like me in, in pretty annoying ways. Uh, and, and in ways that I could not buy a blue check in order to fix it. Like, yeah. Um, because of the cost of API access, um, this, this service I was using called unfollow monkey, uh, cannot access any of the information it needs in order to, um, tell you information. So it would send me DMS whenever somebody unfollows me, which that is not what I care about. What I care about is when people get suspended or when accounts get deleted. Mm. Uh, So I can find out because people do that on Twitter all the time where you could have like this like friendly mutual. I have somebody like she's been on my podcast. She came over to my house a couple times. She like took care of my dog and stuff. And like I never got her phone number and now she doesn't have a Twitter account. I don't have any way to reach her. And it's Mm. like there are certain things like that where it's like I didn't know what her I wouldn't have known when her account got deleted if it wasn't for Unfollow Monkey, and now I can't use Unfollow Monkey to see what's going on with with like, I mean, you know, it's it it's. I don't want to be like I don't want to be overly dramatic about it, but it's like, you know, especially where I hang out on Twitter, there's a lot of people who are like have crises and like get suicidal, and then they delete their accounts and not being able to know if that happened and having to like remember everybody's username whenever they post like depressing stuff. It's like, that's concerning. Like I considered unfollow monkey to be like a really helpful tool. And then it just had to be like, we can't do this anymore. We can't afford it. Um, so sorry. And you know, that's disconcerting. Uh, I, I don't think that Elon has any idea who uses his website or why they use it. And I, I think that he is behaving like someone who has no idea what he's doing. And it's weird, too, because it's almost like, what was it going to be, like an $8 billion hit if he backed out of the deal? And it seems like with how much he overpaid for it, it probably just would have been better and smarter financially for him to have just taken that hit and moved on. 
with like the thrashing all of his moves have done to just like is that Tesla stock and Twitter stock and all that. Is that all it was? It was eight billion. That's what I thought he's... I heard. I could be wrong, but I forget. Oh, I don't know. I, I have no clue. But he's lost like seventy billion, so <laughs> it's insane just from the price of Tesla stock going down. Yeah, and I can tell you firsthand from because, like, you know, when they're like, "Oh, you'll get post boosting," it's like, oh, "I tried to go to show. I'll try it for a couple months." It didn't get any more reach than it ever fucking did. It was a goddamn waste. So it's just like, you know, when everything's starting with this, it's like, all right, I'll get rid of it. Like, I don't care. Like, I see a lot of people well, being like, oh, you know, the poors are mad and shit. It's like, you're not really going to be getting anything from it. Like, even the editing isn't even that convenient because it's very specific when you can do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's the thing is, is that Elon has failed to understand the very basic part about Twitter is that the reason people liked him on Twitter is because they were like, oh, a CEO is acting like one of us. But, like, that's a gimmick. People are going to get tired of it. And and the reason pay, people pay attention to anything, the reason people pay attention to your guys' show, my account, anything on Twitter is because they enjoy the content. They enjoy the people, the personalities and things. And, and, and that does not compute for Elon Musk. He does not understand, like, oh... If I give you access to their tweets, you will see their tweets more, which means you will like them better. And it's like, no, it doesn't. That's not how it works, Elon. If I see more of them and I didn't like them in the first place, I'm going to like them less. Like, how how has nobody ever explained this to you before? Or if I like them, but I see my, like them tweeting 10,000 times a day, like you're saying, if you have it, the API, like I'm going to unfollow because I don't want to see that clock in my goddamn wall. Yes. Yeah, it's... It's a very tone deaf thing. I don't know if he's going to course correct down the line, but I just look at this and I go, okay, if you have someone like Microsoft and maybe other companies, because one of the big hits I, I read from the other articles I pulled up was um, a lot of schools and colleges were basically posting a lot of like online curriculum things. And basically they're like, yeah, no, no teacher can afford doing this. Like so, no, of course not. No. So it's like you 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 lose that piece of it, and I like how he you know we mentioned he said oh lawsuit incoming to Microsoft, how he said yeah, like sure. they they were Are illegally they training. training. So basically, I I had to dig down into he did reply to other people's comments on this. Like, what do you mean? He said basically, uh, Microsoft downloaded the data and information from how. T- twitter is run and utilize that to train their own folks i i don't know what that means oh and there uh there there are people for uh for chat gpt that's what it was it was like stuff to input for like artificial intelligence yes. and 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 oh. mostly for like writing styles and writing contents uh as people just sort of naturally write in their own speaking voices and it's like it's really funny that he would sue them over something that was free for the past like exactly. twelve years of the product, and like he's like, "Oh, we charge for that now." What could he even? Buy? It's like, what could he even ask? How much money could he even ask for? Is he gonna sue that, Microsoft for that, like? That's the interesting thing. Like, yeah, do you do it for the total value of Twitter at that point? Like, yeah, or do you do it for the total value of GPT? Because either way, I think Microsoft can absorb the cost of either of those things, and I think that Microsoft could come out looking a lot more, a lot less evil than they perhaps ever have in all of human history if they get sued by Twitter. Well, they're they're currently trying to be sued by sony and some of their affiliates because this 
purchase of Activision. So they're going to look like the people that can't stop getting sued soon <laughs> if this comes through. But yeah, this, this is a goofy-ass thing. Here's the deal. Now, admittedly, Jim and I have been Xbox fans since the beginning. It's been our number one platform. Yes, we both have PS5s. Yes, we still enjoy Switches. Um, but for playing with friends, we always use Xbox. I can promise you, I've never once shared anything from my Xbox to Twitter. I, I don't know. know. You could do that. I well, mean, I, I don't know how, did, but I just never set it up. I do. My guess is like, but. like you know how you do your like, if you wanted to record a clip, I think like maybe I have seen videos that I just assumed were YouTube, but maybe they really were directly from PlayStation or Xbox. So I guess you'll see some of those go away, but. Is that a function that's like a live or die thing for Twitter? Like, was it driving so much traffic for Twitter that Elon Certainly would not. even worry? No. Exactly. So I'm like, I mean, yeah, I used to, uh, I used to share from my Xbox 360 to my Facebook account when okay. I was like, well, that was like 10 years ago. I was like much younger, and yeah, uh, even when I was doing that, like. It was just for like three friends who all played Oblivion. It wasn't like exactly. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like a big thing. It was like guys who were still like, like these two guys I knew who were like, Skyrim's not better than Oblivion in like 2012. They were like, it will never be better than Oblivion, and it was just like a th I was still playing it, so I would post the screenshots for these two weirdos, and that's what I was doing. <laughs> exactly. So now what you're doing is you're pushing any folks that would have done that. You'll push them to. I, I just naturally assume that if Xbox had that ability, then you can share to Instagram or Facebook or right. YouTube. So it's like you've just – now they're going to share elsewhere. So I don't know. I, I, I've seen a lot of accounts also like pop up and be like, I think you should just give me my blue check mark without making me pay. And it seems like all of a sudden a lot of random accounts are like, oh, I got my blue check mark. Now, granted, they they tend to be celebrity. Like I think Stephen King was one of them. Well, he didn't um, want it, but he Elon gave him one out of spite. Oh well, yeah, I, I'm just using his man as an example, but like, yeah. He, so it's like, yeah, the, Elon's the rules paying are for him to have it. Like, what the fuck? It, it, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's you can't be a businessman and a troll at the same time. It doesn't work. <laughs> He's so like, we learned. We learned today, I don't know if you've seen this late-breaking news, Jim, but no. we learned today that uh, that Elon, number one, has an alt, and it has already been discovered, and number two, <laughs> it went from having like 1,500 followers to like 20,000 now, uh, but uh, he posted a screenshot of his little sidebar thing on the app, so it shows, what does it show on the side? Uh, your profile, the option to buy Twitter Blue. But if you have Twitter Blue, it shows you the options of what tweets to edit. And it shows you how many subscribers he you have. And he revealed that he has the equivalent subscribers of about $120,000 a month. So he is clearly reinvesting that money into keeping million follower accounts have blue checks that's why stephen king lebron james drill share okay uh halle berry a bunch of these people still have their blue check marks and they were like i don't want this and i did not give you my phone number and it's even more ghoulish because dead celebrities that would have never done this like norm mcdonald and people also have their blue checks oh, still no. in it <laughs> you did the fucking norm yes oh um, that's a fucking crime i hope i yeah. hope norm has a family that can 
would deactivate it. So if you change your display name, it will deactivate it. But Elon was manually putting some people's blue check back on. <laughs> that kind I can't of, imagine it, being, it makes me being, laugh. <laughs> being like uh, the richest man on the planet, but it's so weird how that's still not enough. It's like, oh, I have all this money, but I, you know, it'll be even better to be liked on Twitter. Like, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, that should give us poor's hope that even at the highest level, you just you, you get drilled down with petty shit. Like you're the same guy. You're yeah. the same guy. You're the, same. the exact same guy. No matter how much money you make, you know. Jim, yes. Jim, what did uh, what's it? How's the song go? Mo money, mo problems. <laughs> I think it is, Brian. I think you're right. Yeah, it's just weird. It's weird to see a guy like. It's almost like Vince McMahon. How like Vince makes a billion bad decisions, but this company still runs and is number one despite himself. Like, only thing Elon has going for him is Twitter's still better at doing what Twitter does than any other app. So it's the only reason it isn't falling on its face yet. But even then, you got to consider maybe eventually something's going to come up. But, like, you'll see that. Did you try, Jim, any of the, like, the alts, like, like Mastodon Hive, any of those? Yeah, well, I have a Hive account. I have a Mines account. And, like, no one uses them. Like, you'll try them for, like, two days or, like, everyone will rush to it and then they crash because, like, the things can't handle it. So the second it crashes and it doesn't work, people go, "Oh well, fuck this! It doesn't work anyway." And then they go back to Twitter. Yeah. I think a strong, I think a strong contender to replace Twitter is Truth Social, and I've said this a couple times already. <laughs> um, but I'm not trolling when I say this. I think Truth Social feels the most similar to Twitter. It has aped the Twitter thing way better. Mastodon, like the Mastodon thing, where you have to have like 15 different names. It would be like whack dot Nicholson dot fifteen seventeen, Dude. and it's like, what is this? And uh yeah hive sucked uh uh mastodon also sucked it's like it's either tumblr or truth social and i i do like truth social a lot it probably has the infrastructure for it too yeah i actually tried the fediverse shit like even before people were going to mastodon and i was like this Uh is just confusing so when i saw everyone being like oh we're all going to mastodon now i was like no one's ever going to stay on there for more than three days no no and and, no. and, I, I, and my my ass of not being the internet guy at all, I, I looked into Mastodon. I'm like, this is like Discord, but for coders. I'm like, this shit is way too confusing. The amount of servers and things you got to look into. I'm like, yeah, no. It, it, it sells itself right at the beginning. Is like you can like compound different images and change the fonts like this. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> you're like, I have to I like learn that. Python in <laughs> exactly. order to yeah. run this. Yeah, you're like, make it user like. Fuck, man, if there's anything Apple taught us, it's like, just make it as simple and user-friendly as possible. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, I never yeah. even figured out how to change the background on my MySpace page. Like, the second I saw, like, <laughs> Mastodon, I was like, nope, never happening. <laughs> but did you change your song? That's a real important thing, Jim. Oh, right, the song got changed. All right? <laughs> they, you know what? That needs to be a thing that comes back. Somebody needs to revitalize. I mean, is is MySpace even still active? I haven't checked it in. You can years. log it, in with your own account, but it's just like fuck. for music. But you can take like a couple pictures off it if you still have it on there. Uh, yeah, and and most of them got nuked. I think they just saved like certain things. It's like they cleared a lot of that. Like a lot of that stuff's gone. Um, but the the site is still there, but it's basically billing itself as like a Spotify competitor. Mm, okay. Yeah, they need to bring that back. Bring Tom well, I think back. I need to take your advice. I think it's time I set up a true social account. Yeah. I I I am a big proponent of Truth Social. The the worst part about Truth Social is that it is uh too uh 
It's it's not as easy as Parler was for getting verified on there. Where oh, Parler yeah. would just be like, "Are you sure you're Mike Huckabee?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I am Mike Huckabee. Absolutely. I was born in Arkansas or something. Uh, give it to me." Social. Yeah, we had a. I, yeah, I signed up for Parler too, and then like you think you use for two days, and then you're like, oh, "Okay, I'm not doing this anymore." <laughs> but like Parler, Parler always felt um, like an illegal knockoff. Like <laughs> it. it it was cl- it felt like it had been dis- designed on Squarespace and it felt very like unsafe to be what it was. <laughs> and didn't it get hacked like a week later or something like everyone's data got out there? Yeah, because in order to verify at first it would ask for a picture of your driver's license, but you could just <laughs> upload but you could just upload any picture and it would accept it. It was like totally insecure. So like Steven Crowder got doxxed or somebody, but like other less stupid people were like, Yeah, yeah, that's me. I am uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh here is a picture that my <laughs> child drew on my refrigerator. That's how you can tell it was me. And uh yeah, and it just worked. That's awesome. Oh yeah, it, it, it's always fun when you try out the uh, the alternate platforms and you go to the front page and it's like, oh, why the Holocaust was a lie? Oops, well, not setting up an account here. <laughs> yeah, don't don't put your information into those places. They get hacked, <laughs> and they basically they basically are malware to begin with. Excuse me. Yeah. No, but I, but uh, but now we will uh, we'll see if Microsoft comes back around or if Eli or. Eli, fuck. Elon. Elon decides to pay for Microsoft as well. I'm curious. I, I think he's just, uh, you know, talking shit when he says he's going to file a lawsuit. I don't think he'll actually go through f- with it. No, 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 for sure not. But we'll see what it comes from. And I'm also curious, like, all right, let's just, argue, for argument's sake, say it is 42 k a month. I don't see Nintendo or Sony pe- ponying that up. Maybe they would. No. But- they still are, but for how long? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, especially Nintendo, they're so, they're so annoying with shit. It's like, there's no way they're going with that. But we'll see. I don't know. But how possible? How this is a wild speculation. I wouldn't. I would never say something so reckless on my own show. <laughs> but um, how possible would it be for like a company like Sony? to bank with an organization that like leverages against Elon's companies so that if their loans they're taking out against Elon's value collapse, it will be because the thing they're investing in collapses. Is that possible? Do we think? I would say that's very possible. (laughs) Like if you could put it into like an index fund that is based uh, like a loan through an index fund that is based on all of Elon's companies, including Twitter. And if the inab- you're tying your inability to pay the loan to the company's failure, basically. Actually, what do you call it? Like, what was it? Like a month ago, you guys had that episode about SVB and that whole uh, quick little collapse. So they were doing versions of that. Yes. Yeah. So just get all the hedge fund boys to panic with all of Elon shit. And there you go. Yeah, yeah. I could. But Absolutely yeah, so. worst case scenario is you pay Elon back with his own money. Ooh, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see I'm, some. You some know, I'm no accountant. I'm no accountant, but I, I I have a creative writing degree, and I think we could probably 
cook up something pretty magical in those accounting books <laughs> if they want to give me a call. Well, we know we can't ask that fucking guy who won Game Pass for life because he would put a kibosh no, 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 on that. that. Yeah, it would just ruin it. <laughs> but not just magical, but also extremely funny. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but Wack, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, once again, please, Hell plug yeah. away everything. <coughs> Uh, donate to my GoFundMe. I'm dying. Uh, the no, no, no. We I don't have a GoFundMe, but I do have Western Kabuki, and this is a uh, internet and culture podcast uh, starring uh, myself, uh, Juniper from Twitter, the Bird Respector from Twitter, and Alex from Reply All uh, as our producer, and 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 we allow him to speak occasionally, and uh, the it's a it's a good ass time. Uh, like I said, we just did a three-hour episode about the toxic family cultures, but behind that paywall, you're also going to find the ends of some of our like spicier conversations, our Super Bowl predictions, or uh, things like that. And you know what? I'm going to say it on your show. I haven't even told my co-host this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give the uh, I'm gonna give the exclusive here right now. Ooh. We are in talks. We are currently in talks to do a second human pet guy interview um, with uh, the Cybersmith. Um, I he and I have been talking a little bit and he says he's down to come back on and so that may be something that you could find at uh, patreon.com slash western kabuki if I can make it work with him we kind of wanted to do a, a series uh, just for your audience who may not know who the human pet guy is uh, he is a he is a legitimate maniac he is a dangerously unwell mind who uh, posts to twitter uh, a lot of really interesting thought experiments and hypotheticals and counterfactuals and things like, um, for example, uh, if gay couples kissing in public is, is okay, then would it be okay to take a nude human on a leash into a red lobster uh, because you call them your pet? Uh, is that is that okay? Because maybe you morally disagree with it, but if all consenting parties are adults, then what's the difference? Uh, so, yeah, he's a... He is a, a he is a he is a theocratic monarchist reactionary. That is how he describes his own political beliefs. And he believes that we should have a king of the world who is determined by a state of natural barbarism that he believes he would be <laughs> most comfortable in as a computer programmer in the center of a uh, 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 jolly old England. He thinks he, <laughs> as in the mid country of England, he thinks he would probably fare pretty well in a theocratic, monarchist, reactionary society. Uh, I, and and he is also very much into uh, the uh, 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 trans pornography. And he has a crinkling and diaper fetish that he is not shy about discussing either. Uh, and so he's a rock star. And and we've already interviewed him once. Uh, Caleb interviewed him last time. I think I might do it next time. Um, so we got big things cooking. Um, we've got a few other big, big guests that we have uh, basically ready to go that we've got coming up. People from very big podcasts you've heard of. We've already had like uh, an, uh, uh, Alejandra Carballo. She's a Harvard attorney, a human rights attorney. Uh, we had uh, Michael Hers Micah Herskin, who is doing like Cop City protests in Atlanta. We had Ben Collins uh, from NBC News. A lot of really great guests. A lot of really great awesome. uh, people have been on there. So um, please do check it out. We've, we're growing very quickly, and it's giving us the opportunities to meet some really interesting people. No, it's awesome. And it sounds like if you do that human pet, you're going to need a lot of beer. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. He's <laughs> the last time it was so awesome. I, I've already told him I don't want to do a. I, I don't want to do a debate like they did last time. I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna fucking argue with you. So <laughs> Jake, don't come in yeah. and start being like. Don't start being like. What is the difference between uh, trans pornography and child pornography? Truly, <laughs> it's like okay, man. I can't. Yeah, you just, you know what? You sit back with some drinks, ask one question, let him go. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what he needs. Somebody to listen. No, that's that awesome. awesome. I can't wait for that. And I am actually a fan of Western Kabuki. I listen every week, so it's definitely a show worth checking Thanks, out. Man. Comes highly recommended. And you actually, Thanks. especially for someone like Brian, who doesn't know anything about the internet, even I've learned some stuff. No, I, I, think I spend I spend too much goddamn time on Twitter as is, and even I'm like, all right, what is this that's going on? Well, as soon Luckily, as I researched, especially in her Twitter, to talk about things going on in the internet, so I started researching it, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely something I need just because I don't know half the shit, and I asked Jim, and I mm-hmm. get a very half-assed answer all the time, so, Yeah. Well, if you want to know what gooning is, what VTubers are, or who Sneeko is, I have some uh, auxiliary PowerPoints that I included with those episodes that you can check out as well. Yeah, unfortunately, two of those things I've I've learned recently, so (laughs) I'll say that. Bri, stop gooning. (laughs) That's not one of them, Jim. (laughs) I don't know what gooning is, goddammit. You don't know it, you just live it. (laughs) You'll find out. No, but Wack, we truly, truly appreciate you coming on. Hell yeah, man. Um, it was yeah. a great time. And please make sure, check the links below. Follow them on all social media platforms. And with that, if you have listened to us the whole time, please make sure on Spotify or iTunes, you give us a subscription. If you give us a five-star rating, even if you want to bash us in the comments, we will read it on each and every one of these Power Hour podcasts. And if you've li- listened and watched this song on YouTube, hit subscribe and hit the notification bell. With that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, everyone. Thanks again.